Welcome to the Pro Basketball Talk podcast. We're not even a full round into the playoffs, but I feel like so much has changed. Uh, you look at the top championship contenders, Devin Booker out with injury, Chris Middleton out with injury, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry out with injuries, the Brooklyn Nets just plain out. So <laughs> much has changed. Uh, this has been an intense first round. Shakeups at the top. It's not all bad, too, right? Steph Curry is back for the Warriors. Uh, Robert Williams III back for the Celtics. So I thought this would be a good time to sort of reset the championship race. Glad to be joined by Kurt Heelan. We're going to count up all the teams still in the playoffs. Twelve teams left. We we just saw tonight uh, the the Nuggets get eliminated and the Bulls get eliminated. So we got 12 teams left. We're going to count them up 12 to 1 as championship contenders. Uh, see how much our lists have changed since we went into the yeah. playoffs. So let's just jump right into it, Kurt. Let's start at number 12. I don't think we need to go too far on this. I have the Pelicans like way beyond everybody else there. They're down 3-2. I, I like their fight. I like that they're still in the playoffs. I like that they went for it this year. They're a plucky team. Championship contender, no way. Yeah, they're not a championship contender. By the way, I would have had the Nuggets above the Bulls if we're about teams just eliminated <laughs> on the night of. Um, I actually had Minnesota 12th. Sure, um, I, I had them 11, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it's the same thing. I Look, Carl Anthony Towns, when they get him the rock, is great late. Um, Car- I feel like Anthony Edwards has made a step forward, and I feel like some of that about the Pelicans too. Like I look at them and I think – Man, CJ's really brought this team together. They're a lot of fun. They've got Brandon Ingram. They are not contenders this year. They're not really a threat. I don't think they I don't think they knock off the Suns. But you think about that team growing together for a year, picking up a draft pick, getting Zion back, and suddenly they're a lot more interesting next year. Like they're unified right now in a way I didn't God, even going back to the All-Star break when we were arguing about how bad a teammate Zion was. Like I didn't think they'd be this good. So number ten, I have the Raptors. Toronto is a a uh, as I'd say the the uh, the first team we're gonna get to where I could imagine it. Now it takes a lot of imagination to see them winning the title, uh, but you can imagine they've won two in a row after being down three zero. Uh, Fred VanVleet being hurt doesn't help, but it's also allowed them to play more with this uh, style where they have everybody on the court a similar height. They can do more switching. They're just sort of a weird team. Can junk up games. Uh, you could see you know they caught momentum as the season's gone along i don't think they're a legitimate championship contender this year uh but you could imagine if they catch enough breaks that they could cause problems for opponents they've caused a bunch of problems for philadelphia already i was say i was about to say i i had them a little higher than that only because just for that reason i think that they're just hard to play against with their style right like that that long even even when van vliet's out there they can kind of switch a lot of stuff. And the problem is we might not see, and the reason to knock them down a little is we may not see a healthy Van Vliet again. Um, uh-huh. and, and that the fact that they're causing trouble for Philly doesn't really speak well of Philadelphia. I'm not sure if I'd have them a whole lot higher. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're not, they're not really a contender this year, but there's, it's another team with like Pascal Siakam's there. They're an awkward style. Uh, and by the way, in any one game and any one series, and this is what I mean, you look at that series, you think it's going seven? No, you I mean, think, it could, it could, but I would pick Philadelphia to, to win game six. You think I see, I think it's going to go seven and then anything weird can happen. Uh, it's in Toronto. I think they've kind of got Philadelphia on their heels a little bit. I think Philly wins that final game at home and you get the, we get the Embiid from the first two games who was just physically overpowering everybody on Toronto, but they need that guy back. Um, and it's asking a lot. I mean, to be fair, I mean, a lot is on his shoulders right now, especially because Dan, James Harden's been okay. Yeah. So we're going to get into the 76 or shortly a little deeper. Uh, okay. A um, little deeper, but anyway, Toronto, yeah, Toronto we won't be so quite so rapid fire on all these teams, but I do want to just mention everybody yeah, left Toronto, to just see where they're on the same page. Yeah. Toronto. I had a little higher though. I had them, uh, seventh actually. So, wow. Seventh. Wow. I, I'm very I'm, interested. Uh, okay. So who'd you have? I, I'm a little, but I'm a little higher than them. I, number 10, I've got Memphis. Okay. Who, I, I love watching play and the, John Morant game winner was a blast, but I that that Minnesota Memphis series is two young teams making 
mistake after mistake right in the clutch. Um, they're just – I think they're both still learning how to win, and one of them's you know, Memphis probably will advance. I, look, in a few years, Dan, you and I could be having rendezvous ribs during the finals. We're, we very well could be. Like Memphis is going to be on that kind of rise. But right now, they're just – they make mistakes. It's just I think in – you know. They didn't foul at the end of like, and I don't know if that was a coaching decision, not fouling and allowing Ant to hit the three that tied it. But then you get to the other end, and Ant makes the gamble to try to steal the ball from Morant uh, on that inbound pass. It just left him a lane to the basket. Um, Memphis is just making too many mistakes. I have them tenth. Okay, so that's interesting. I have them uh, higher in eighth, um, where I'm starting to take them more seriously. the team I want to talk a little bit more about. They were 56 and 26 in the regular season, the second best yeah. record in the league. Here's my case for them as a championship contender. I only had a eighth. It's not like I'm super high on them. But in some ways, they remind me a little bit of the 2016 Thunder. Now, I don't think they're as talented as the Thunder. They're not as uh, battle-tested as those Thunder. There are a lot of differences. But the similarity I see is athleticism. That yeah. Thunder team getting up 3-1 on the Warriors uh, just overwhelmed Golden State. And that was a heck of a Golden State team, probably a better Golden State team than this version. Uh, the Grizzly or the Thunder in, in 2016 just overwhelmed Golden State with athleticism. And I wonder, could the Grizzlies do the same? Now, I, I would pick the Warriors to win that series. Yeah. But if that's the 2-3... Just and Minnesota is a very athletic team too. Now Minnesota has other problems that you got into. That's why we both had them for farther down the list. But this is uh, the most athletic, I'd say, first round series is oh, Memf- yeah. Memphis, uh, Minnesota. And so the Grizzlies go from battling that athleticism of the of the uh, Timberwolves, and all of a sudden you're you're facing the Warriors, who are a little bit older. You know, a very skilled team. A lot of things going right for them. We'll, we'll get to them probably much later in this podcast as we count yes, yeah. up. Uh, but for the Grizzlies, uh, I, I think they they could pose a challenge in that way. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying about the athleticism, and it is, and they have such a they have some dynamic guys who really do make plays in the in the moment. You know, obviously obviously John Morant, but I like you're not. Brandon Clark was fantastic in that uh-huh. last game. Like he was just not a guy you think a lot of, and uh, you know, or think a lot about necessarily with that team. And he was critical for them on the boards and making some plays inside. Who do you have ninth then? So ninth, I have the Jazz. That's who I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's it's you know I I've wanted to believe in them for a lot of the year. Yeah. I like their top end talent. I. You know, I think Rudy Gobert is an excellent player. Donovan Mitchell is an excellent player. They have good depth. They're well coached. They have a lot of ingredients, but they're missing something, uh, some cohesion. They're definitely missing defense, especially on the on the perimeter. Yeah. Like Rudy Gobert can clean up a lot, but in the playoffs, the way the style shifts, you're asking too much of him, uh, night in, night out. Like I, you know, and and plus, obviously, being down three two, right? We haven't mentioned this uh, so far, but sort of obvious the teams we're putting toward the bottom are not even favored because of where they are in the series to get out of the first round uh, so regardless of what you think of their ability you got to advance to factor in as a championship contender i don't think the jazz are going to advance if they somehow do i guess that would mean they're coming together that's why i have them ahead of the raptors you did not um do you see anything in the jazz where you're taking them seriously as a contender no no they honestly um after Game four, which they won and tied the series up 2-2, I thought was maybe the peak of how good they can be this year. That was the most active they've been on defense. Um, it, it was the game where Mitchell threw the lob at the end to go bare, and that got a lot of press. But they got a, a really good uh, Crawford game. Um, and, I mean, Clarkson game, not Crawford. I just want him to yeah, be – gunning Clark, six man. All gunning six man. <laughs> no, but they got – I think so many things went right for them and they still had to come back from like, was it four, four points down in the last minute to, to win mm-hmm. that game. And then the next game, Dallas every does everything right. And, and we'll get into them obviously farther up the, up the scale for both of us. But I think Dallas's ceiling is so much higher. I just think that even average Dallas, as they start to figure things out, it's just, you're, you're right on paper. I've, this has been a really good Utah team. They obviously had the best record in the NBA last year. But they just it just doesn't work in the playoffs. And and Dan, I got a feeling in this offseason, you and I are going to be writing a lot about Utah and uh, 
and moves. I, I got a feeling that this is the end of the Gobert-Mitchell era, and I don't know what that's going to look like when all is said and done, but I whatever whatever team takes the floor in Salt Lake City next October, it's going to look radically different, I think, than the one we see now. I'm a little less convinced of that, just, just because uh, those are two really good players. Now, I, I think yeah. if they do make a move, I think it's Rudy Gobert on the way out. Yeah. But I would, I'd be less surprised than you if the Jazz said, yeah, okay, we need to break this up. We need a shake-up. All right, let's take uh, what we can get for Rudy Gobert. Oh, wait a second. None of these offers are, are worth yeah. the, this star center. Are we going to make a, a lateral or even negative, you know, a negative move just to uh, shake it up? Teams rarely do that. Sometimes they think they want to do that, but when the offer is on the table, they usually will just like, yeah, we'll run it back and hope for the best. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what offers they'll get. Um so I think there's a chance that they, they shake it up, but I, I'm just not as convinced. I'm very curious, though, who you have eighth here, who you have behind the Raptors. Cause to me, uh, we, we've uh, for me at least, we're, we've hit the line of demarcation where I'm starting to take these teams seriously as championship contenders. But one of the teams I'm taking at least somewhat seriously, you have below Toronto, who I do not take seriously. Um, by the way, I'm just going to throw one last thing in on Utah. Yeah. If you're going to retool around Donovan Mitchell, you better hope he wants to actually be there. I, well, I, that that's probably your way of, of keeping him, is retooling. He'll probably yeah, be happier without let's, Rudy Gobert. Let's, let, let's just say don't be shocked if he's not the kind, gentle superstar this summer. Um, sure. Uh, moving on, though, you know who I have ranked below Toronto? Don't Philadelphia. say Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Wow. I just I am just I am not convinced Philadelphia and maybe I'm just I, I think Toronto's going to win that series and come back a little bit. I, but I also having watched Philadelphia, I think it's just all Embiid right now. And and Tyrese Maxey brings something to the table in in the sense that he knocks down threes. He is a great straight line drive guy. As a third guy, when you kick it out and move it, he can knock down the shot or get to the rim and cause you problems, but he's not necessarily the creator they need. And if Embiid isn't unbelievably dominant, I don't, I just don't believe in this team. I don't think James Harden is that guy anymore. And I don't think they defend well enough. So uh, I'm just, I'm not sold. I'm not sold that Philadelphia is really a threat to win at all. So I, I just want to be clear on how you're viewing this. You, you think the Raptors are going to win this series. You think they're going to complete this comeback from down three Oh, I maybe it's again, I picked Toronto oh, oh. before the series, so maybe I'm just stuck <laughs> in it. But but I genuinely after watching the last two games, I there seem to be in Philly's head and maybe Philly just they just need one more game. And maybe I should flop those two because I think that Joel Embiid is fully capable, maybe in game six, maybe in game seven of just going back to the guy from the first couple of games who just was an unstoppable force and brutalized them. But I think for I'm willing to bet this thing goes seven and Toronto's got a real shot. I just kind of like them better. Well, so I, I guess I could maybe see a little bit more a case of if the Raptors come back, they have some tools that make them more dangerous down the road, but just for some perspective here. So the, the 76ers are still up three, two in the series. Yeah. Even if the Raptors have a 70% chance of winning each game, Philadelphia probably wins the series. That's just the math on it, right? And I don't, I don't think the Raptors' chances are that good. Um, so I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine picking against a team that's already up three two. But I have the 76ers seventh, so it's not like I, we're very yeah. different on the 76ers. Our difference is on the Raptors, uh, and the, you know, I yeah. think we're on a similar page of why we are not so high on the 76ers. It starts with James Harden. He has just looked a step slow. Uh, he's able to do some things against Toronto's very aggressive defense, um, probably too aggressive against him. He's yeah. not creating the separation, but the Raptors are flying around anyway. And he, James Harden is a very good passer. He's picking that apart uh, against a, I, I don't love to use the word discipline because the Raptors are in a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times executing what they want to execute. They just are aggressive a, against the more firm base defense. Like, I don't know what Harden is getting. Uh, he'll draw yeah. some fouls, of course. He's still a good player, but I don't see somebody good enough. And Joel Embiid called it out. That's yeah. that was a you know I I thought it was a very fine line. I'm not sure what Joel Embiid meant, 
and I'm not sure how everybody would take it. I'm not sure how I took it was, was Joel Embiid just trying to encourage James Harden when he said, Hey, we, we want James Harden to score more. And the coach has got to tell him to, to score more and shoot more and, and be more aggressive. Was he just trying to encourage a teammate or was he calling out a teammate and saying, you're not doing enough. And the coach isn't doing enough uh, for holding you accountable. I don't know. I didn't know what to make of those comments. I took it as he was hitting two birds with one stone, right? Like yeah. I, I, I think he's frustrated with Harden not being aggressive, and I think he's frustrated with Doc Rivers not – actually not making him be aggressive or doing stuff. I just – I don't know what Doc can do. James Harden just doesn't have that explosive first step right now, Dan. He just He's not going to get by any decent, decent or reasonable defender at this point. Um, and he's going to – especially as they go deeper in the playoffs, you know. They go up against – it's a 1-4. If they go up, you know, they advance and they get Miami. Miami's got good defenders up and down the roster. I don't know who he gets by, right? Like I don't know that it's going to be that easy for them. So um, I – yeah, I'm. it's got to start with Harden and they need more out of him. But I, I think there's some frustration there. Maybe not as much frustration as Brooklyn has with the other guy in that trade, but there's frustration there. The other big issue, of course, is Joel Embiid's thumb. Uh, that's yeah. clearly something he's just going to be playing through uh, the rest of the playoffs. Uh, he hasn't been as effective. And, you know, obviously, this injury being his hand, that's not conditioning. But there, I think, is probably multiple things going on. Uh, and some of this is just might just be the fatigue of going through a playoff series, but that matters. Early in the series, he was running the court so hard. Uh, that yes. was such a, a big source of what he was doing. He's not doing that quite as much. I'm not saying he, he looks lethargic or anything out there, but relative to the standard he set early, yep. it just hasn't been the same. And you wonder if that's going to get better over a long playoff run. Uh, you know, this, this seems to be a team that that's not, quite locked in how they need to be locked in and i don't know how that gets better and the, the strange thing is like what if you would have said before the playoffs uh what's one of the big markers you're looking for with the 76ers as a championship contender is, is tobias harris playing well right yeah. you, you're going to count on more from Embiid. you're going to count on more from Harden. count on more from maxi tobias harris is playing very well it's the other players it's the main stars it's Embiid lately Definitely been very good overall in the series. Not quite as good lately, and Harden just hasn't shown it. No, I, you're right about – it's not just – and I think the team seems to take a cue from Embiid. They just – they have not, as a team, seemed to play as hard and as physical as they did those first couple games. And, and maybe maybe Harden's a little worn down, maybe whatever. Uh, the other thing, by the way, I noticed with Embiid and the thumb – he was passing so well out of the double teams and just picking them apart the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. And those, especially the kind of like skip passes, the longer passes across to the weak side, like those just don't seem as crisp or as accurate. You know what I mean? Like, and I, yeah. I, I, and I think that that's, it's not that he doesn't see it. I just think with that thumb, it's hard to execute it. And with all the double teaming of Embiid, that puts more on Harden, and he's yeah. not delivering. No, he's it just really all comes back to Harden. Yeah, uh, this was supposed to be a two-star team, and it's a one-star team. Harden is not playing like a star. He's playing okay, right? Some of this is expectations. Uh, you know, it's not like he's been bad, but when you're expecting him to be a star, uh, he's not there. No, no, he is not. Uh, can, so, who do you have sixth then? So I, I do want to know, I want you to tell me when we hit a point where we're at teams you're taking seriously as a championship contender. To me, the 76ers are either just inside that line or just outside that line. The next six teams, I'm taking them all seriously as a championship contender. I would go one higher. I, I The team I have sixth, I like, but I don't think they can win it all. Okay, year. so my sixth is the Mavericks. Same here. Okay, so I really liked how they were playing before Luka Doncic came back. I thought their defense was so tight and crisp and together uh they were just executing uh, uh their game plan so well everybody was on the same page everybody was moving together everybody was locked in uh the only thing they were really missing were was uh one somebody to create some offense and jalen brunson did a good job of that at times uh, a lot of times but they needed another primary creator create for himself create for others and somebody to fill up that wing rotation some uh, because dallas's other options on the wing uh, were very lacking they just didn't have enough minutes to go around at, at those positions luka Doncic is the perfect answer uh, they 
blew out Utah in the last game. It, it took you know Luca a game for everything to come back. I was I just really liked the fundamentals they showed before Luca comes back came back. He hasn't been back long, but it's enough where I could see how he would plug in. Uh, I I think they're kind of underrated going forward. I I have them sixth, and I do take them seriously. I think they're look. I think they're very good. They defend very well. Um, although I think one of the knocks I'm, I'm I have concerns about their rim protection against the very best team, second round and beyond. Um, uh, and I, I, like I said, I think you and I are both on the same page that they get there, that they get by Utah. Um, um, I, I don't think Utah is ready to do the one, two, three Cancun, but they're, they're pretty close to that, <laughs> to that, that huddle break. Um, Luca obviously is brilliant. And I think in the first game back, he took some stuff on himself and in the second game um, back when he seemed more comfortable, they did a better job of taking advantage of Brunson as a second shot creator that in this case with Utah, I mean, Utah's perimeter defense is so bad that you, you can find spots for him to really attack. And I, I think that they looked like their flow was a lot better. This is a really good team. I'm just not convinced they could beat any of the five above them. One of my big concerns with the Mavericks is depth. They've really got about six players they can depend yeah. on. I mean, how many minutes can, can you play with Maxi Kleba at center? And how good can you be when you're not? Um, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, you can get by behind him uh, between Luca, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock. Uh, could you play Finney-Smith some at center? Because this small yeah. ball spread out line, like that's what's working for them and not much else yeah, is. Yeah, they don't look as good with Powell. And, and I like Dwight Powell, especially as a backup big of the regular season or as a guy with a role in the regular season. But he's not working in the postseason for them. They, they are so right. much better with, with, with the small ball. And so you're, you're just trying to tread water when you have Powell in, and, and that's a lot to ask. I mean, he's Powell's still been starting, um, but they're they're really making hay when it's when it's Kleba at center, and uh, I just think you need you don't you know in the playoffs depth matters less, but it still matters some, uh, and so I'm not sure this is a team built for the long haul. But I really like how they're playing right now, and maybe maybe you know this is not a an old team. Uh, maybe these oh, no. guys can handle it. Maybe you get to a point where you know. The games are spread out, and they can keep this going. So I, I like how they're playing, but that is my my big concern is depth. Uh, who do you have number five? No, by the way, the, the one other thing Dallas has going for it, yes, Luca, man. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. feel like you just That's, feel like yes. any any we didn't one say this game, enough. Any one game, any one set, you know, it's close at the end. You feel like that's one of those handful of guys who can just take it over and win for you. So, yes, he's um, absolutely already proven how yes. good of a playoff player he is. Like he, he is built yeah. for this level. His game completely translates. His shot creation is so important. Yeah. And now this year, uh, I, I don't think he, he's definitely not driving Dallas's defense, but he's fitting just fine into a very good defense. He, he's a, he's a better defender than he gets credit for just be, partially because frankly, he's just six, eight, right? Like he's six, eight and athletic enough. Mm-hmm. He's just six, eight. So even if you think you've got by this guard blew by him up, oh, not so much because he's just long and athletic enough to be, you know, a problem just because of his size. So, uh, it, 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 well, it de- it depends, right? Like, so that's great size to put out there from the point guard position. But if you're also putting Jalen Brunson on the floor, and now Luca's a wing, like that. Not that he's small, is uh, you know he's still got a good size for a wing, but it's not great size like it is for a point guard. You know, I I am a believer. Uh, defense is more than just size, but. A lot of it is size. You put bigger, taller guys, as long as you're not sacrificing mobility uh, and you're not with Luke, he's not fast, but he, he can move well. Uh, size helps. All right. All right. Who so do you have number is, five? Th- and this is my line of demarcation. This is where I okay. think any of the, any of the five teams above could win this. Um, this team would be higher, but for injuries, I have the bucks fifth. Mm, okay. And, and this is, I uh, look, I, they won the title last year, and they could absolutely win it this year. I, the Middleton thing scares me. Yep, me too. And the Middleton thing scares me particularly heading into the second round, um, uh, which I expect they will. Uh, you get to that second round against the Celtics, um, and that starts on Sunday now, right? That's the one that's set. Mm-hmm. Uh, that series starts Sunday. Uh, they're, I think they're, I think they're in a lot of trouble if Middleton can't play and be pretty close to himself. I'm not expecting him to play in the series, and now I'm wondering why. I had the Bucks four, and maybe you maybe already talked me out of it. That is the huge <laughs> fear. Um, 
but they're the defending champs. They know what they're doing in a lot of ways. Giannis has looked awesome. Um, I don't think overall as a team, they look super sharp against the Bulls. They also didn't have to. They could kind of sleepwalk through that series, and it wasn't a problem. They, they, but, did, they did in flashes, though. There were moments. Yeah. Like, they, they, remember, they got tied 1-1. Was it game three or game four where they're just like, all right, let's assert ourselves and just uh-huh. bumped them, right? And they kind of did that even in, in the closeout game, right? They they they, hmm. they took their foot off the gas eventually. But they yeah. had 60 first half points, and this game was over. And then they're like, all right, we're cruising in. Yeah, even when getting up big, I you know, I don't think they were defending with the tenacity they can. The Bulls just, you know, were were too inept offensively for, for that to matter. Um so I yeah, I, I do I do think it's gonna be a little bit of a shock to the system when they go against the Celtics team that's already playing very well. We'll get more into Boston. Uh higher up in this podcast, obviously. Uh you know, one of the one of the top contenders now. But yeah, the Bucks uh I don't know. It's uh, without Middleton. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen has stepped up. He's yes. played well, uh, but they don't have George Hill either, right? So it's multiple losses on the yeah, front. Pat Connaughton has has stepped up. Wesley Matthews has had moments, but if you're asking too much of these lesser players, that doesn't bode well. And Middleton is the guy. A he's he gives them size. He gives them defense, but. Late in games in half-court offensive sets, he's the guy they lean on. Giannis isn't really always the shot creator there. In fact, often isn't late in games. It's Middleton that they count on to at least initiate that play and and the threat of him as a scorer opening things up for others. So I just think they're going to miss that a lot in a series, again, that you can get away with that against not just – the Bulls, but probably pretty much every other team we've mentioned so far. But I don't. I but it's it's going up against Boston, where I don't think their margin for error exists for them. Yeah. Um. You know, I. All right. So my, we can talk about these teams uh, yeah. together a little bit. My number five was uh, the Heat. Ooh, uh, okay. And it, a lot of this is just believing it. I, I will say this. I think the Bucks are less likely to advance to the conference finals in the heat, but that's because of who they, they get to play yeah. in this second round. Um, and so, you know, if you, the farther you advance, the more chances you give yourself to stumble into anything. So maybe I, maybe I should have flip flopped those. Maybe I've got these in the wrong order, but I've just been a believer in what the bucks have done. If you look in the regular season, when I, I, uh, I, I go through each year going into the postseason, and I, I take how the teams play when adjusting for their playoff rotation, I want to see how does the team play when all five players on the court are, are in the playoff rotation? How well do they play? What's their chemistry? That's what I'm looking for. The bucks were awesome, right? This was not a great regular season for the bucks, but when they had their top players, they were excellent. Now, some of that is Chris Middleton, but I also think there's something to uh, championship medal. This team has been through it before. They've been through these playoff runs. They they know how to handle tough situations. Uh, the Celtics also rated very well by this measure. So it's not just Milwaukee, yeah. but the leap Milwaukee made. I don't know. I just I believe in this team. I believe in Giannis mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the supporting cast is good enough. Drew Holiday is a good player. Losing Middleton stings. Uh, but I do believe if they can get through the Celtics and come out in the conference finals, I think they're a better team than the Heat. But I also think they're less likely to come through the conference finals. So it's tough. It was tough for me to put those two. Yeah. What worries you about Miami? I mean, obviously. So let's get into Miami. By the way, I'm with you on the fact that they all, I don't say they're cakewalking through. Like Philadelphia can give them problems. Toronto. Sure. Toronto gives everybody problems just because they're awkward to play against and Nick Nurse is smart. But. Assuming they advance, what worries you, though, about them going forward? Uh, about the Heat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, one, Jimmy Butler's injury. Um, yeah. That doesn't sound as, as serious. It sounds uh, – so that that was encouraging. That's why I have the Heat so high that it didn't sound so serious. Kyle Lowry's injury, uh, too. Um, you know, if they are playing Philadelphia, I – have some concerns about guarding Joel Embiid. Bam Adebayo is a fantastic defender, uh, but a lot of that is his ability to move around the court. To match up with a big player like Embiid, I think Bam can do all right in that, but that is not his specialty. That's not what he is best at. Um, so I think there would be some issues there. Um, 
I think their offense, you know, their half court offense has been an issue throughout the year. Uh, I think they could go to Bam more in that they they haven't. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know if they found their solutions there. Uh, I, I really like the Heat. I love their defense. I love how nasty their defense was against the Hawks. It was everything you hoped it would be when you looked at this collection of players. You said that should be a good playoff defense. It is in all the predictable ways. Um, it's it's the offense that, that I question. I, I'm with you. I, I have said since before the playoff started, they need play. They need bubble Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. To make this work, right? Like they need the Jimmy Butler who was such a shot creator and force in the bubble, then carried them, you know, to the finals for them to really advance. And that's where both the Butler injury worries me, but we've also seen flashes of that Butler, whether it was the 45 point game. He's had some big games. Um, I had them higher simply because of that, because I believe that they are going to get that out of Jimmy Butler and we'll see when Lowry comes back. That's the other one that does worry me. And I, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I might, maybe I have them too high, but um, (laughs) um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, But it's, I'm betting on them being a little better than, like I said, I I guess their injuries worry me less than the Bucks injuries, which is why I have them a little higher. Yeah. That's uh Good luck. So they have two injuries. And Jimmy Butler, with all the mileage he has, even if he comes back fine from this, like it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Like his body is not uh, feeling perfect right now. That's a little concerning. Uh, yeah. You know, the, even if he can come back and play game one uh, of the next series, just the fact that he's going through these things this time of year, not the most encouraging. But he was awesome when he was on the court against the Hawks. Like this is exactly the Jimmy Butler you need. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, the Jimmy Butler I expected the heat yeah. to have uh so who did you have number four yeah i actually had the warriors which is probably lower Whoa. lower than you had them yeah it sure uh, is um lower than a lot of people have them um and i that i've always said that the theory of the warriors like what they can be their peak and they've shown this in the first round what they can be at their peak is a championship level team i'm not convinced let's put it this way i think denver was the perfect matchup for them denver creates some problems for them because Jokic is brilliant um and and was in the series and and would cause problems for everybody but they're with draymond they have as good a matchup as you're gonna put on him but that's as constructed this the 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 no porter jr no murray nuggets are not a good particularly good to wing backcourt team. And the Warriors were able to take advantage of that in a way I'm not sure they're going to be able to going forward. Now, that said, I think they get the the conference finals. I think they win, assuming Memphis advances out of the, you know, um, out of the, in the the two, three, I think they get to the conference finals. So I might have them a little too low. But I'm not sold that they're playing as well as everybody thinks they're playing yet. So I have the Warriors number one. Do you really? Wow. I do. Uh, okay. I So that, that uh, adjusting for playoff rotation uh, I mentioned, uh, the Nuggets rated very well by that. I agree with you that this was a, a good matchup style-wise, like maybe even a great matchup style-wise for the Warriors. But I, I think the Nuggets are a better team, even with all their injuries. But the team they put out on the floor in this series, I think that was a better team than it looked. And a lot of that was because the Warriors made them look bad. Uh, I think this is a a team that, you know, Steve Kerr has has his flaws as a coach. But with this group, oh. I think it's a very, very, very well-coached team. It's a smart team. It's a veteran team uh, with, with all the tools. Um you know, this Draymond Green at center lineup, and there's been various iterations, it has been excellent for years. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing as a defender, getting the team out and running. Steph Curry is a, a proven playoff player. Like, th- these guys are not going to be rattled by the moment. They know who they are. They know what they're doing. They've looked so good doing it right now. Uh, to me, they're the championship favorite. Uh, not that they're a lot to win it, far from it. Um, some of this, too, is the matchup they get. You get in the second round and you're playing the the Grizzlies or Timberwolves, who teams we had far lower, feel 
not you know it's not a lock that they're going to make the conference finals but you got to feel pretty good about no, that I feel I feel I feel like they're I don't want to say yeah especially after now I don't want to say lock is a strong word but they they are to me I can't imagine them not making the conference finals I, and I, they're I, and they're healthy um yes and and their health is improving Steph Curry is looking more agile as the series has gone on like this this is a, to me a team peaking at the right time uh and they've got it all offense defense I like the versatility they can play with that I just mentioned this this lineup with Draymond Green at center and everybody's so excited about it but it's not the only way they can play that's what impresses me it's not that you have this lineup yeah. uh, and have to use it all the time, but it's one of the many tools to handle different matchups, which is what you need through a deep playoff run. Uh, you know, this is far from a flawless team. I think one of my takeaways as we do this exercise is uh, the playoffs look more wide open than they did going yes. into the, uh, into the postseason, And they, they looked fairly oh. wide open some ways, uh, at least two through whatever you want to say for the contenders. Uh, I was very high in the suns as a strong favorite, uh, but now they're they're more balanced. The championship odds. I, I would I would agree. I I think that this what makes this fun is that you know I have the like you said, the Warriors four and the Bucks five, and if you told me in June it was a Warriors Bucks finals, I'd be like, yeah, you can totally <laughs> see that. Like that is a totally reasonable outcome um, because I don't think that there's much separation between these top five teams um, in the grand scheme. And like I said, I. I maybe I'm just not fully in on the theory of the Warriors becoming because I've, I've said, you know, like I said, I I believe they have the potential to be there. I'm just not sold that they're they haven't proven to me that there can be that team consistently yet. But and, and, and the thing is, I'm not going to be sold next round either. It's, it's you're going to have to get to the conference finals. And by that point, it's going to be, you know, we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. Yes. So who do you have? Uh, Number three, I had the Heat three. Okay, I'm, I'm higher. Three. I am. I'm higher on them. And, and Ben, that's just back to like we were saying. I just, I'm betting on Jimmy Butler being healthy and Jimmy Butler being the guy we saw in that in that first round series. And maybe he's not against a better defense. We'll see. But um, I am. I'm betting on him being good enough to get them through. Like I said, through to the conference finals and with a shot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very, very possible. So I have the Suns third. Uh, and I wrote something before the season or before the playoffs, excuse me, about people are, are sleeping on the Suns as a championship contender. They're not taking them seriously enough as the dominant team they've been all season. Doesn't mean the Suns are going to win. I would take the field over Phoenix. Uh, but if you're picking one team, it's got to be Phoenix. And now I have them third. So uh, I'm a giant hypocrite. <laughs> or I just know that Devin Booker got hurt and he's an excellent player. And this is not the same team without him. Uh, the Suns could, you know, uh, still still win in advance and uh, the, I guess a reason I have them so high is one because other teams have injuries too but two there's this report from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tonight that Devin Booker could maybe play game six whether or not he plays game six that, that's even on the table is encouraging to me but with a hamstring injury I do still question well when is he going to get back to to looking like himself and being a really good player and how long is it going to take uh, until the risk of aggravating the injury uh, yeah. it has gone down. Like it's a even if he can get back out there, that doesn't answer all the questions. So that's why I have the Suns down to third, basically because of the Booker injury. I, I really like this team uh, offensively, defensively, and they're learning some things, learning some ways to play without Devin Booker. Um, but I feel a lot better with a healthy Devin Booker. If Devin Booker were healthy, I'd have them number one. I have them number one, but that was exactly that. It was a bet that Devin Booker. Personally, by the way, I wouldn't play him in six. No, I, well, I, I mean, would, I don't. I mean, who knows how he's who, feeling? Again, again, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how he's <laughs> feeling. But all things being equal, if I think I and I believe that I can win Game Six without him, I mean, you, yes, you run the risk of well, then we don't win Game Six, then you get into a Game Seven and weird stuff happens, right? Like it's well, game you, sevens are fluky. So you want to avoid them, but I still think, again, I just, I would probably not play him just for caution because like you said, the problem with hamstrings and for that matter, Luca's calf strain and whatever else, uh, the, those kind of injuries are, you know what? I can run in a straight line. I can make some cuts. I can jump up and down. I don't feel this. I do, you don't see me limping when I walk. And then you make that one explosive move that just catches it wrong and you're 
back to us. You thought you were healthy and now you're back to a spot worse than where you were before this started. So I, I, I am concerned about that, but I, Morjanowski's report that he's close to being back has me believing that by the next round, he will be back. And if he's back to me, they're, they're still the team to beat. They're still, they've set the bar this season and, other, I think the theories of other teams, I think the best of other teams could get there, but they're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, one thing that concerns me is, you know, Chris Paul is so steady, or at least yeah. seems so steady and so on top of things. And the absolute clunker he had the other night, that just worried me a little. I didn't expect that, especially knowing Devin Booker uh, wasn't playing, uh, to shoot two for eight in game four, uh, just really be off his game. I don't know. That wasn't uh, that wasn't encouraging. I, look, I still have the Suns third, and like I said, if I know that Booker is going to be healthy the rest of the way, I'd have them first. It's not like all of a sudden I'm doubting Chris Paul. Uh, he he's had some bad playoff moments, but has been a consistently excellent playoff player for a long, long time. But that little bit of vulnerability there uh, just adds to my concern a little. But again, you got to say a lot of good things about the Suns. They have that type of versatility we were just talking about with the Warriors. They can play multiple styles. Uh, you know, they, they've got after last year's run, they they're battle tested in the playoffs. Uh, I really, really like this team. I must keep saying that because I don't have them number one like you. You <laughs> proved you really like this team. I ha- I have to yeah. say it. I have to convince everybody. Uh, by the way, we now know what Chris Paul's kryptonite is. It's it's Jose Alvarado. and maybe a little bit of herb jones wow those i know we're talking about championship contenders but but the defense from those rookies uh yes on the perimeter right on occasion you'll get a good defensive uh rookie as a big you know evan mobley this year Uh, you have to go i mean it's not common right like tim duncan or like they happen on the perimeter especially Herb Jones, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. No, he would block, didn't he block three, three pointers the other yeah. night? Like it's, yeah, it is how much ground he covers and his anticipation stuff is brilliant. And I mean, you talked, we talked about this. I, well, what we didn't do an awards podcast, but I was so close to having him on an all defensive team as mm-hmm. a rookie, which was, you just don't do that. And actually he and Mobley were on my, kind of just missed list they both Me played too. really well this year i'm yeah i'm gonna miss I, I mean i love watching defense i'm gonna miss watching the pelicans uh, when they get eliminated but i will get to see another fantastic defensive team the team that we now know are we both rank second, second. for yep. championship odds the boston celtics uh you know i feel much better about the celtics than i did coming into the the playoffs uh i'm guessing if you have them up at second you do too yeah the the, the con- thing that held me back at the start of the playoffs and the reason I might've picked the bucks aside the fact that again, the bucks are the defending champions and for all the bucks, by the way, regular season troubles and, and ups and downs, they were just bored by it. Weren't they? It's just like, they yep. looked like a team just like, like te- they'd like championship teams do like, all right, let's let's get to the games that matter. <laughs> um, the Celtics though, it was the Robert Williams injury that mm-hmm. concerned me. And, and he's central to their defense in a lot of ways. And ma- what makes their ability to switch everything and have that athleticism inside, it's, it's critical for a lot of what they do, having him and Smart and, and plus, frankly, just the length of Tatum and Brown. and like They've got good defenders everywhere. Now that he's back, I think that they can defend against anybody. I think that they are built – man, that Bucks celtic series in the next round is going to be really – I'm so excited about that series, but I think – the Celtics with Williams back are the team best built to defend the Bucks. I mean, I know the Heat have had success there in the past, but I, I like the way the Celtics can roll multiple defenders at Giannis and not necessarily have to help off as much with other guys and um, and and still stick with other players. I think that they've got that. And then offensively, I'm just I'm just a believer that. Elite wings, especially two-way wings, are critical come the postseason. It's it's why I've always been higher on the Clippers in theory, and they've never obviously lived up to that. But the the in theory Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard should be there. They've got this with Tatum and Brown. Like they've got two great creators on the wings, guys, other guys who can shoot and knock down and make plays. But I, 
I just I love the way they're constructed and credit to them for being patient with this, right? <laughs> How many stories did we see early in the year? Like, yeah, it's time to break them up, Dan. Time to break up Brown and Tatum. They're not going to work, buddy. None of them written by us. Nope. Just no. for clarity. You just know, but that was out there a lot. That was being talked about and credit to the organization. And, and it's not just, I mean, there's a lot of Danny Ainge draft picks on there. He gets hammered. There's a lot of Danny Ainge draft picks on this team, but also their patience, not, I don't know, say just blowing this up, but just not seriously considering it. And like, how do we make this better and tinkering around the edges as opposed to, to going at the core? Yeah. Um, there were two reasons to doubt the Celtics coming into the playoffs. Like you said, Robert Williams injury. The other one was they had to play the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, It's easy to forget now. The Nets have so much uh, top-end talent in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That was a dangerous team. Yeah. And the Celtics swept them. That was so impressive. That says a lot about Boston. That, you know, Yeah, the Nets had problems. And some of the Nets' problems might have been bigger than we thought. But I'm not so sure. I think the Nets are probably, give or take, the team we thought they were. Now, I thought the Celtics would win that series. I, uh, I'm not surprised by this result. But the Nets really were a dangerous team. When you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you are dangerous. And especially the Nets' defense on Kevin Durant was phenomenal. Uh, so, so impressive. And Robert Williams, he is not back to full strength yet. Yeah, he's no. back in the court, and that's encouraging. Uh, but he's not back to full strength. So you got to imagine that's going to get better, too, and they can get uh, to an even higher level defensively. Uh, you know, Daniel Tice, who Robert Williams would be replacing in, in the lineup with the, the big minute role at center, like he looked like the most vulnerable defender in Boston. This is not a case where it's like, okay, you know, somebody was playing over his head uh, in relief. And so now you get the starter back and yeah, it's more dependable, but you know, the, the production you're actually going to get, it isn't going to be way better. No, this could be way, way better. And it was already great. Um, I almost had the Celtics number one. I went back and forth between the, yeah. the Celtics and Warriors for number one. The problem is they have to play the Bucks, who is, it was a team that we also have fairly high on this list. Me for you five. So, that, you know, no gimmies there. And, uh, but the, a lot of these Celtics players, they, they've been through deep playoff runs. Uh, you know, since they've gotten Jason Tatum, they, they've been advancing in the playoffs. They've been building toward this. I'm not sure they're they've quite figured everything out. They've got a rookie coach in Emi Adoka, who's done an excellent job this season. But you know, this is another challenge for him. Uh, maybe he's even a better playoff coach than Mike Budenholzer. It's not like I believe in Mike Budenholzer as a playoff coach, even after winning the championship. So I, I you know. I, I like a lot from what I've seen from Boston. Uh, you mentioned the two wings. Uh, Jason Tatum's getting a lot of credit and deserves it all. I don't think Jalen Brown's getting enough credit. He's been a lost in the shuffle a little bit. Uh, he you know, wasn't an all-star this year. Like, didn't I didn't hear his name come up that, that much uh, in terms of uh, one of the better players in the league. He's having another really good year. Uh, he's a really good player. I think at, at this point, people are maybe taking it for granted a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he's better than he was last year but even if he's leveled off some this is still a really good player absolutely I, I he can on any given night carry this team again I think Tatum is Tatum mm-hmm. is the better player the the, yep. the the higher ceiling guy but Brown is very good and it should, it's kind of weird he wasn't an all-star because I he was another guy who had it's a deep forward class when we were putting together all NBA and, and so he wasn't going to make the cut but he was on the the short list of guys who were cut at that forward spot, him and Siakam and a couple guys, it was just tough to leave off. Um, the other thing I just have, I, I think that their offense comes with enough, the, the defense allows them to get some easy buckets in transition. Like the, just the fact that they're long and athletic and get some steals allows them to get something that's harder to come by in the postseason. You can, you can just get a couple of buckets going the other way in transition. And those are the points that often dry up. So if you can land a few of those, it's an advantage. I, I will see. I am with you. I rookie coaches make me nervous, but rookie coaches who come from the coaching tree, Udoka does, he's seen some big games. So um, I just, I like, I'm with you. I just, when I watch them play, I, I had picked the Nets in six, and I could pick up. We could pick apart the Nets for a whole other podcast. And I'm like, dude, they should have gone to Daniel Tice more. And why didn't they? And like some other stuff. At the end of the day, you just swept a pretty good team straight out of that. That a lot of people feared 
and the Bucks intentionally tried to avoid. And granted, they they went after the soft target and the Bulls, but you just swept them out of the playoffs, man. It is a very impressive step first first round, and I think that I'm with you. I, I seriously considered putting them number one as as the championship favorite. You know, so I, I, you know, we both feel better about the Celtics than we did coming in. Uh, I feel better about how the Heat have played in it. Uh, the injury risk is there, but I feel better about how they've played. Uh, I feel better about how the Warriors have yeah, played. I, I think you do too, even even though you had them so much lower. No, uh, um, no, but and I these still, were, still, yeah, I, I I have they. I didn't fully believe that they could be this good, and I still I think that I still have more doubts than you do, obviously, but. They've answered a lot of questions, and and so these are teams that were already bona fide championship contenders that we feel better about, and then probably the the consensus top two championship contenders, uh, the Suns and Bucks, feel worse about because yeah. of injury. And, and, well, maybe you tell you still have the Suns number one, but do you feel worse about them now than you did coming into yes, the playoffs? Absolutely. Yes. So, so that, that could, and it comes back to like you said, it's just about the injuries. If if Booker and Middleton were healthy, they might still be one too. So we've got these top two contenders falling in our championship odds. We got these uh, three uh, primary challengers rising. So balanced, so fun. Uh, to me, Celtics, Bucks, second round. I don't think it's going to be, but we might look back and say, "Whoa, those were the best two teams in the playoffs." I played in the second round. That is on the table. Yeah. So when you have so many realistic championship contenders, you're already going to get to those great matchups. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one goes. And then how you know the rest of them goes because we're if if uh, we're if that one doesn't live up to the hype we're going to have more opportunities for this very balanced crop of contenders. Hey, hey, you have Dallas, you know, and I like yeah. I'm very high on them. You had them in the contender says Dallas Phoenix is going to be. That's a fun series, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's more or less fun if Devin Booker can play. Maybe maybe if he plays, the Suns are just way too good, and if he doesn't, maybe the Mavericks are too good. I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be that. Even if he plays, I don't think the gap is that. I, look, I love Mikhail Bridges as a defender, and I love how the Suns defended this year. There's not good answers for Luca, man. Like he just creates nope. problems for everybody. And um, Aiton's that small ball Maxi Kleber lineup. Aiton's going to be challenged. It, it's just, he's gonna have a chance to earn his max contract. Yes, he is. He's gonna exactly. This is the test you want to see, right? This is, you know, how do you do it in this situation? Are you built for every situation? Because if you're gonna get the max, you gotta be. You can't just be good when it's convenient. You've got to be good all the time. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's some really great second round matchups. I do too. Looking forward to watching them. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon, buddy.